0: Hello, and welcome to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast. Every week, Talking Heads will bring you in-depth insights and analysis through the lens of sustainability on the topics that really matter to investors. In this episode, we'll be discussing recent developments with regard to liability-driven investing. Simply put, liability-driven investing is a strategy employed by institutional investors like pension funds to reduce balance sheet risk and match their investments' cash payouts to the future cash needs of their members. Pension plans are major investors in asset markets, and in some regions, such as the UK, there has been a major shift over the last 20 years to liability-driven investing strategies. So back in September this year, when the UK government announced a large package of unfunded tax cuts, it contributed to setting off a major rise in 30-year UK government bond yields. And that's an that emotion a vicious circle of further selling and further rises in bond yields, ultimately forcing the Bank of England to step in as the buyer of last resort and restore stability in the UK government bond market. I'm Andy Craig, co-head of the Investment Insight Center, and who better to talk us through the intricacies of liability driven investing than Sergey Pergamensev, who's head of institutional structured management in the multi-asset quantitative and solutions team. Welcome to Talking Heads, Sergey. Thank you, Andy. Nice to be here. Now, just as a way of introduction, you, Sergey, and your colleagues, who number about 30 investment professionals across Europe, you're specialised in balance sheet management for institutional investors under various regulatory frameworks. That that includes the Dutch Pension Fund laws, Solvency 2 regulation, as well as specific accountancy regimes. You work on strategies, including liability investing, fiduciary management, and then overlay strategies, be it interest rate, equity, or or currency. Um, And those strategies may be linear or involve the use of uh, of options. You do risk overlay. You also manage multi-asset portfolios under specific constraints. In some cases, you use multi-management. And then last but not least, you run a set of private market strategies which includes the planning for decommissioning, be it nuclear plants, oil and waste installations, as well as waste management. And across those strategies, your team managed assets of around 31 billion euros at the end of October, half of which comes from the Dutch institutional market and the rest from clients in in France, Germany, Belgium, uh, the UK, Ireland, as well as supranational entities. Sergey, perhaps we can start by having you explain to us what is liability-driven investing and, and what are its origins? Is it something relatively
1: new? Uh, no, it's, uh, it's actually not. So LDI, uh, liability-driven investing, is generally a strategy, investment strategy, meant to decrease risks on the balance sheet of a client. It's, in most of the cases, not used to provide excess return, but rather really about risk management technique. The origins of LDI can be traced to to a paper by a British actuary, Frank Reddington, who in the beginning of the 50s last century, he published a paper on immunization strategy. Now, Frank Reddington, he was an actuary at Prudential Life Insurance, and life insurance had to take care of very long stream of cash flows that they were promising to their clients. Frank has developed a way of looking into these cash flows and immunizing the exposure they created on the balance sheet of insurance company from the moves of interest rates. Later, his ideas led to other investors actually taking this on board and starting doing LDI. And here it expanded not only to life insurance companies, but also, for instance, to pension funds. In the 1980s and 90s, when the interest rates were quite high, quite a lot of U.S. defined benefit pension funds implemented LDI strategies that was quite favorable given high rates at that time, and it allowed them to immunize portfolios and decrease the risk on the balance sheet. Later, at the end of the 90s, the strategy became also popular in the UK, where some of the prominent pension funds started implementing it, and in some cases, even to almost 100% of the liability cash flows. And it worked quite well for them, because when when the crisis came in 2001, their returns were very stable and actually very good. In the Netherlands, pension fund reform of 2007 introduced market discounting for the liability cash flows. And around that time, many, if not all, Dutch pension funds started to look at LDI strategies as well and implemented it to various degree. So, no, it's actually, there's been already more than, uh, what, 50, maybe even 70 years history that can be traced to LDI type of strategies. So,
0: it has a long history What would you say then today is the present status of the liability-driven investing strategies that have been around for this period?
1: So, with this kind of strategy and with this kind of base of market participants deploying it, it became quite a mainstream approach when a company, a pension fund, has a long stream of future liability cash flows. And when there is a pool of assets that needs to provide for these cash flows, in essence, LDI is actually about solvency, because when you have future cash flows, you need to, to to think, of: do I have enough assets? Do I have enough money actually to pay those cash flows? And that's where some kind of discounting of the cash flows to calculate the present value of these liabilities comes into play. And then you apply the same to, to, to your asset side. So uh, when you divide your asset by liabilities, that would be your solvency. And to, to calculate the solvency and to manage the solvency is something that really quite a lot of investors and market participants do. Now, presently, LDI strategies are in Europe, mainly implemented by pension funds in the UK, the Netherlands and Denmark. But there is also increasing interest and number of life portfolios in countries like Germany or Ireland. So it became actually quite broadly used technique on the pension fund side, but also on the life insurance side where the whole story actually has originated. Um, specificities and the way of implementing the strategy, that differs a bit because, say, a Dutch pension funds, they they usually uh, apply little or, or no leverage in, in the LDI strategies. And that's related to the fact that most of the cases, they don't hedge the full set of the liability cash flows, but rather some percentage Quite typical, one would be about 50%, but not always. In this way, they take part of the balance sheet risk away, um, and they don't uh, don't need to leverage. They still have sufficient amount of money to to generate excess returns in many cases. Um, and the the instruments that they use, they usually are government bonds, and supranational and agency bonds. In some cases, they add maybe uh, less liquid. Assets like uh, pools of Dutch mortgages who have quite a good credit quality but provide a little bit of liquidity and also a bit of pickup in terms of return. And they also usually use interest rate swaps, so linear instruments. In the UK, what we see is that most of the investments is done through the use of UK guilds or inflation-linked bonds. And that's where part of the uh, trouble that happened in October started. But there is also quite a lot of leverage. It's not always leverage directly on the balance sheet of the pension fund, although in some cases there is. Uh, Often leverage is put in funds that they use as building blocks to hedge their exposure. And those funds often have leverage of three, if not more. And to provide for leverage, very often either swaps or, or repo transactions are used. So techniques are slightly different, the specificities are slightly different, maybe some, um, not only implementation, but also due to implementations, also some risk can be different, but the ideas are quite, quite similar.
0: Okay, thank you, Sergei. So how do you think liability-driven investing will develop in the foreseeable future? We've had this this event um, in the UK in October, as you mentioned. How do you see the strategy evolving going forward?
1: So to begin with, I think that presently higher interest rate levels allow implementing LDI strategies at uh, better levels than, say, a year ago. But how people will be doing this, that's a question. Uh, I think there will be a lot of soul searching and probably adjustment of stress testing technique, putting new tools to generate liquidity, maybe re-evaluation of the amount of liquid assets on the balance sheet and how fast they can be approached by the clients. I think all of these lessons will be taken on board, and we will already see both the clients and the regulators looking into these questions. What potentially can be the case also, but we don't have yet evidence to that, but there can be probably a bit more use of optionality um, in structuring of the LDI strategies, whereby your downside can be limited and your collateral margins can be a bit uh, decreased, so that is something quite sensible in our view. We also think that there can be bigger shift from LDI to so-called CDI, cash flow driven investing strategies. The strategies were employed in the past often as well, and sometimes even now by pension funds who probably close to running out, who already close and have quite definite cash flows. They usually use government bonds or some very secured assets to replicate those cash flows as a run-out process. But the, the technique can be used also with other assets and a bit more risky assets as well for longer-term liabilities. And we have developed over the last couple of years strategies how, how this can be implemented. So we, we think actually there will be more of cash flow matching moving closer to exactly what the client needs to pay out from more general hedges. That's, that's possible. I think what we do is in, over the last 20 years, we have developed this kind of strategies and we continue looking into this. We're also publishing a paper on the developments of the LDI market in the coming couple of weeks, I suppose. So we're very actively busy with these all new developments and I hope to participate in this in the future.
0: Thank you very much. That was very helpful. And we'll look forward to the uh, the paper and we'll certainly be featuring that on Viewpoint in due course. So thank you, Sergey. Thank you very much for joining us. Thank you very much. That's it for this week's episode of Talking Heads. If you would like more information, please reach out to your BNP Paribas asset management contact. And just before we go, I'd like to mention that our 2023 investment outlook is also out on Viewpoint. Visit viewpoint.bnpparibas-am.com to read the paper, watch the video or listen to the podcast. If you like Talking Heads, leave us a positive review and a nice rating. We recommend subscribing to Talking Heads on your favorite podcast channel, and you'll receive your podcast episodes every Monday afternoon. You've been listening to the BNP Paribas Asset Management Talking Heads podcast with me, Andy Craig, and Sergei Pergamentsev, who's Head of Institutional Structured Management in the Multi-Asset Quantitative and Solutions team. Thank you very much, and talk again next week.